through a very dark spot we lived it this past year. But I feel like good really came from it because you saw neighbors helping neighbors, strangers helping strangers. You know, everybody went through isolation and had hardships. But I, I really believe that something came, something good came out of this. I'm Rich Key, host of our alumni series that features our Baron classmates from the class of 1970. Our guest today is Charlotte Enoch Clecan. I invite you to pull up a chair and enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Charlotte. Hi, Rich. How you doing? I'm Good. doing terrific, and it's great to have you on, and I, I thank you in advance for taking a few minutes to uh, spend with all of us. Glad to be here. Let's talk about Strawberry Hill. That's where your life story started, I believe. You were born in Jersey. Where in Jersey? Actually, Perth Amboy, uh-huh. down next town over, Perth okay. Amboy General Hospital. And that's where I had my tonsils taken out. So. Mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> we may have been in there on the same day for all we Maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe. One of the best parts of Strawberry Hill was the friends that you made, and they are some mutual friends that we all enjoyed through the, our school experience. Absolutely. Can you take a few minutes and share with us all some of the special friends you had and what they mean to you? The Strawberry Hill slash Fulton Street Gang was comprised of Chris Gill, Darlene Barcy, Alan Catizzaro, Ken Curtis, Gary Mayhays on and off, Chris Elio, and our dear friend, our late Magna Cozo. And we were just um, a bunch of kids that liked to hang at school number three, which used to be on Strawberry Hill. It was down the road from us. That's where we went to school from kindergarten to fourth grade. Our playground was the hangout. We loved it. It was fun. And you stayed friends throughout your uh, school experience, right, through uh, high school. I guess, well, so. we did. We did. I mean, we kind of went our separate ways, but... You know, with the Facebook and with our, our past reunions, we kind of reconnected, and it's, it's just great to um, be together again. And uh, just three years ago, I went on a cruise with Alan Canizero and his wife Marge to Bermuda. So that was uh, that was just such a great time, and he's a lot of fun. So yeah, it's great to come back to your childhood pals and reconnect and talk about old times. It was really really great. They were all great names that you had shared with us. There's one that stands out in my mind, and you talk about counting yourself fortunate to be a friend, and that is Christine Gill. I mean, what a wonderful woman. I mean, she is so positive, kind, and considerate. Well, she is a genuine, sweet person. To be uh, friends with her was a blessing, and still be friends with her is a blessing. And, you know, we, we were the dynamic duo. We were supposed to go to the Beatles concert when they were playing in, I think it was Shea Stadium in August. And unfortunately that fell through, but we were so excited that this was going to happen. We were going to get tickets and we were going to go see them. And well, it didn't pan out, but yeah, she, she is a, she's the best, the best. I love her. Especially for you. One more reason for you to attend that reunion so that the two of you get to spend some time together as well. Absolutely. We'll be there. Strawberry Hill. Your mom and dad built a home there, I believe, right? And and raised a, a family of how many? 
Well, there was three sisters. I was the one in the middle. What did your dad do for a living? My dad actually worked at Chevron Refinery as an engineer in Perth Amboy. And your mom? My mom was the secretary of the mayor of Woodbridge, um, Mayor Barone, for about oh. 25 years there. Yeah. How and where did the nickname Chotsi come from? Well, that's a very good question. You can thank Nancy Hopta for that because she's the one that really initiated it. And it kind of stuck. And uh, to have the name Charlotte back in the 50s, I hated it because could you find a barrette or a stationery or a pen that had that name on it? I hated it. But now it seems to be getting popular. So you could call me Princess Charlotte now. <laughs> okay, Princess. <laughs> but it's Nancy that we credit that to. That's yes, interesting. Absolutely. Nancy's the one who initiated it. All right. I'm going to throw a, an oddball question at you. Have you experienced your 15 minutes of fame yet? I most certainly did. All right. Share with us. Well, it goes back to when my son was playing varsity high school baseball, varsity baseball for Monroe Township. And their team was invited to Trenton Thunder to do a pregame before the initial game. And um, I was voted in to be the commentator for their game. So I got to sit into the press box and do the play by play. And I just loved it. It was so much fun and I would do it again, but that was my 15 minutes. Maybe it was a little more than the game's a little bit more than 15 minutes. So it was the entire, I believe they play seven innings. That's sure. amazing because who, who let them know about your uh, <laughs> love affair with baseball? That's well, amazing. I've always been a fan in the stand. I like the boys of summer, love baseball. So that was um, something that I wasn't going to pass up on, Rich. I loved it. Excellent. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Ed. How did you meet Ed? And we know that it's been, um, what, over 40 years. Wow, Rich, you're really getting deep into this. <laughs> I know. I'm just nosy. Just call me Gladys Kravitz. Uh, I met Ed at uh, Alpha Phi Omega fraternity party at Rutgers. And we uh, met over a holiday, a Halloween party weekend, and the rest is history. But, yeah, that's where I met him, Alpha Phi Omega. <laughs> Charlotte, going back to when you were young, how did you spend your summers, Jersey style? Well, it was Sandy Hook. That seems to be where my parents always wound up taking us, Sandy Hook, because it was the, probably the closest beach from Woodbridge, short ride from the parkway. And uh, my father was a really a, – a, Civil War buff. So we were in Virginia consecutive summers. I must have had my picture taken on every cannon that was shot in the Civil War. But he uh, he just loved the Civil War. I guess that's why I, I love history so much, because um, we saw everything. Lynchburg, Fredericksburg, Williamsburg, uh, Richmond. It was it was interesting. And did that stay with you over the years as far as an and, interest in? Yes. Love history. I love Mr. Katz. Mr. Katz was our history teacher in high school. He was he was a a cool guy. I looked forward to going to his class a lot. When it comes to music, there is no doubt that anybody that knows Chatsy knows mm-hmm. there's one and only one band, and then there's the rest. And we're talking about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And we know your favorite particular song is "Sweet Judy Blue Eyes." Yes, and sir. And what a great band over the years. It's um, a great band. It, they had meaningful songs. 
They had spot on harmonies, whether it was a cappella or with instrumental. I just love them. I, I got to see them once at the Garden Arts Center. It was, that's what they called it back then. I, I don't know what it is now. They changed their name so many times in Holmdale. But um, yeah, I love them. What about live concerts? Is there any particular live concert that stands out as your, your best? That you well, enjoyed? so the Moody Blues, uh, Moody Blues at the, uh, the Garden. Jethro Tull, my husband was a, a big fan of Jethro Tull. So those are the two that kind of stand out. Just recently, I saw Michael Bublé, a little bit of a uh, mellow. He's a little bit mellow, but I like his style. As all of us enjoy Facebook, we get to see, especially around the holidays, we get to see people and what they're making in the kitchen. Your family heritage, and yeah. I see cookies mm-hmm. that you make and yeah. others. <laughs> what heritage of yours and what is it that influences what you make in the kitchen and, and uh, makes Ed very happy? Well, my mother was Ukrainian and my father was Polish, and these are Polish cookies that take a tremendous amount of time. Tremendous. It's a, it's a dough that doesn't even use sugar. So it's just wor- working in the flour and uh, butter and rolling it out and then filling it with whatever filling you like, which I prefer poppy seed, some like prune, some like apricot. So uh, it's a tradition that my mother always had at Christmas and I've continued it, even though it's long and grueling. They come out pretty good, but not as good as hers. I just know that there's a lot of people that see baked goods that not only you, but other classmates that they'll share on Facebook and you just go, oh my gosh. Well, I know uh, Kathy Drujusiak is, is good for that because she has a lot of good, good recipes coming on Facebook. I see them all the time. Tell us about your two most cherished prized possessions from you and Ed's marriage. And that would be obviously Stephanie and Eddie. Oh, my two kids, yeah, uh, the best. Stephanie is a teacher, second grade teacher at school number one, Morby Street School, which I think you attended, Rich, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I did. I had a long walk, too, about, <laughs> I think it was about 100 feet across the corner, and I was on the grounds of the school. Yes, she is enjoying it, although it's been very um, challenging for the teachers with the pandemic, with in-class teaching and online teaching. It's uh, I got to give a shout out to those teachers out there because it's not been an easy task for them. They were just kind of thrown out into this arena with no set rules or guidelines when this all happened. But um, they seem to be doing really well. She seems to do being doing very well. And um, she's looking forward to the summer. <laughs> That's what she's doing. And also the summer you have a wedding. And that would be yeah, Eddie's Eddie, wedding coming up, right? Yeah, Eddie was supposed to get married in August of last year, but, you know, the pandemic took care of that. And he wasn't alone. I know mean, there, there were a lot of people that got postponed. So, yes, he's going to be a groom come July 2nd, mask or no mask. It's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's July, and I'm going to count. Uh, how, how long are you going to give him before they – they come across and uh, with a grandchild for. Oh, uh, oh gosh, I hope it's nine months from then. <laughs> <laughs> and will that child be spoiled? Oh, well, they, that child will be spoiled. Trust me, I waited a very long time to be a, a mother-in-law, almost a mother-in-law. <laughs> I am going to be savoring the time when they call me grandma. 
But you know who's going to be extremely uh, jealous of that grandchild is going to be your puppy dog. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Minnie is our little fur baby. She's she's a sweetheart. We love her. She's um, She's been our companion throughout this pandemic and uh, follows she, me. She's right at the foot of my desk right she's, now. She's very lucky to have landed in your home. <laughs> yes, she is. I want to come back as her. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing about you that most of your classmates don't know about Chatsy and what would certainly surprise them? Well, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's not really uh, earth-shattering, but I am a fan in the stands for baseball. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, it's how how great is this part of Americana? You can I back, back it, up. it up. I mean, I, I watched my son. I, I watched my husband play in Florida at softball tournaments, spring training, my beloved Yankees. So, yeah, I, I love it. I, I, I envy Ray Ruiz because he already visited some of these um, – major league stadiums throughout the country. It's something I would like to do. I so. think he he finished his bucket list uh, wish. And I, I believe he hit every ballpark. Yeah. Good for you. Over the years. Yeah. And, and also I remember it was a few years back that you and Ed traveled to my old stomping grounds in Vero beach, Florida. Yes, we did. I wish I was there uh, at the time to have walked you through and show especially with your interest in baseball. And we all know your favorite team is the Yankees. Is there anybody besides the Yankees? Well, you know, the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the Dodgers are good. I like the Dodgers. And um, my mother was a big Mets fan, so I have to go with the Mets, too. One thing about Yankee uh, Yankee fans is that regardless if, say, if the, the Mets were in the World Series, Right. Being a Yankee fan, you would always you would root for the Mets. However, I find that when Yankees are in the World Series, Met fans aren't really on their side. So that's a little distinguished. Uh, I think many fans, and I believe I'm one of them. Many fans grew up starting out as a Yankee fan, and then they transitioned once the Mets became a, a team in the league, and that's what happened to me. I I left my allegiance for the Mets and or the Yankees and Mickey Mantle and became an instant Met fan and stayed with them throughout. So Mets, Mets are a great team. I love them too. So Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, I would say my top three. You're going to get thrown the parrot question. So mm-hmm. give it some thought here. Okay. You've got a parrot mm-hmm. and you're going to teach it to say something. What's Chotzi going to mm-hmm. teach this parrot? Well, I think it's going to be fairly simple. I'm going to teach this parrot to say, do good, avoid evil. Okay. So I, I feel this. If, if you avoid evil, how can you not do well for yourself as well as others? That's great advice across the board for everyone. Sure. I mean, not now, we gotta, now we have to live it. Well, yeah, you know, we were we were through a very dark spot. We lived it this past year, but I feel like good really came from it because you saw neighbors helping neighbors, strangers helping strangers. You know, everybody went through isolation. They had hardships, but I I really believe that something came came something good came out of this. You know, and, and not to sound too heavy, uh, I, I honestly question my mortality during this time. You know, you had. You turn the news on and you hear hundreds of people dying through this pandemic. So was this the beginning of the end? 
was judgment day around the corner, you know, it was kind of a wake up call. It was an eye opener. Uh-huh. And I think people would be in denial if they did not say how much worse is this going to get? And am I one day away from being in an ER and in a very bad position? Right. Right. So, you know, I found myself now you, you just embrace life and appreciate it in a, a different way, a better way. You know, everyone needs to find the good in people. And I think the pandemic did that. If that's anything positive that came from it. After COVID and your wedding plans, any travel plans? Well, funny you should ask that, Rich. Because, Good. Because what did you what did you sell Ed on? What well, what did what did he actually, agree to? <laughs> actually, we were supposed to leave in about a week a, a week from now to go to um, the Caribbean with Al and Marge Canizaro and Ken and Debbie Curtis and ourselves, we were supposed to leave out of uh, Fort Lauderdale and hit 12 islands. So we rescheduled that for March of 2022. Well, good. (laughs) I like the sounds of that. You became interested on a flight, I believe to San Juan uh, shared with me a while back. Yeah, that, that was actually my first plane ride. At age 19, going to San Juan, Puerto Rico with three of my girlfriends. And after that flight, I said, you know, this is something I like. And I I think I want to get involved in the travel industry. So coming back from that trip, I applied to XYZ, A through Z, any airline that would take an application. And I landed one for Eastern Airlines that I loved. Worked there for 25 years. Loved it. And, uh, you know, it was my way of getting to Ed, like I said to him, marry me, fly for free. And he did. (laughs) So he did. So that was a, you know, a a great, a great career. Unfortunately, deregulation came into play. We couldn't keep up with People's Express, the no frills airline. And unfortunately, Eastern Airlines bellied up. So I probably would have retired with them, but, uh, I was glad to have the 25 years with them. Going back to our reunion, is there anybody that you would like to be surprised with their attendance at our next reunion? Oh, gosh, yeah. Fran Nalepa. I would like to see Betty O'Brien. Um, Geraldine Fitzgerald, we used to call her Fitz. Yes, I remember. That's a name uh-huh. that I do yeah. recall now. So those three stand out, but I hope, I hope that, um, that people do come because it's a big one. It's 50 plus one. You know, it's our golden. Well, so. I hope if anybody that's listening that does have any contact with those that you just mentioned, hopefully they'll reach out and uh, it would be nice that you were able to get reconnected, even though they may not attend. Yeah, I hope so. Because it's so much fun. So disappointed that it couldn't happen. We're, we're all full of disappointments this past year. So hopefully we have something to look forward to come September. What do you consider your greatest accomplishment so far? Well, happily married for for almost 45 years would be an accomplishment. Absolutely. Um, I I failed at that. So, (laughs) well, you know, they say love is lovely the second time around too, Rich. So, right. So I'm working on that. And uh, I, I think that's an accomplishment in itself because. We got on each other's nerves this past year. Let me tell you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) uh, it it, it was a test of love. That's for sure. And, um, but we, we all managed through it and, um, 
glad that it's almost at the end of this. Tell me your favorite teacher. It's a simple, maybe overused question, but it's an honest question. What do you remember as somebody that you enjoyed and made an impact? Well, this is probably repetitive because I heard it from John and I heard it from Aletta, but it has to be Mrs. Masakia. Ooh, ah, Sakatu Masakia. (laughs) I mean, she was stern and disciplined, but she also made the classes so much fun. And I had such joy being a part of it and being a part of the Girls Glee Club and the Mixed Chorus and just being in the concert. It was just so much fun. And uh, that probably has to be my ultimate favorite teacher. Aside from um, the academics, were you involved in any of the other activities in in high school? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I sold, I went to football games. I went to pep rallies that we all did. We sold our candy sales, our junior candy sales, where we break the bar in half and sell half for 50 cents so you get rid of them. Boy, do Um, we remember that. Remember those things? Yeah. Um, So, no, I was, you know, pretty much, I lay pretty low. I was just an average student at the high school. I think my junior year probably was my best year. Because you're in the middle, you're be, you're in the middle. Your seniors are above you, and you've got the, the sophomores below you. And junior year, it just seemed I don't know. I like that year the best for whatever reason, but I liked it. It was a very good school. I mean, I think we all got along quite well. You talk about formative years, and especially during that period of time and the change that, like John had addressed, not only from a social aspect. But the hair and the clothes that we were allowed to to wear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think senior year is when we were able to wear jeans. I think that was when it first started. I look back in embarrassment and just remember I wore black dress pants (laughs) every day with black shoes, dress shoes, and white socks. Now, how... Nerdy, can you get? <laughs> oh, but life goes on. You know, some people just get their act together a little later than others, and it took me a while. I was kind of collegiate. You know, they call it Norky and collegiate. Yes. You know, Norky with the silk socks and you know the the high collars, and then the collegiate with the plaid and penny loafers. Yeah, so. and I remember too when we look back at reunions. Our first reunion was the five-year reunion, and I don't remember where it was held. Did you attend that? I didn't. My first one that I attended was 20. Our first first reunion was five, and I, I didn't care for it. And the reason why was everybody, I think, felt pressure, especially the guys, because everybody felt like they had the expectation of success. They had to show off. It was so plastic. People oh. were... You know, you were competing with other classmates there that had finished college uh, on the road to success and where somebody else was still trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And I think over the years with the different reunions, people mellowed out and decided, hey, there's more to them trying to press your fellow um, classmates. So I think as as time goes on, I think we, we set that garbage aside on the, on the curb and just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, I think in five-year reunion, not too many people change too much, other right. than you're saying that, you know, there was competition there. So, but 20, 20 was a good one. 25 was in the summer. Not too many came to that one. But, gee, I really hope that we get a good turnout for the 50th, 51. 
Yes. You put it right. 50 slash 51. Right. Absolutely. Chauncey, we, we talk about teachers hmm. and the importance of that experience that we had with them and their influence on life. We're now in a position, you in particular, of how you see on a personal level with Stephanie, the importance of a teacher and how to support and encourage them on how they're going to impact our children or grandchildren. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners as to, as a mom of a teacher, what is best shared with those particular teachers to show our appreciation of what they do? Because it is an unselfish adventure that they go on. Many Mm -hmm. people don't realize what they put into it. Well, I think the first thing is parents really need to support the teachers more than ever now. Um, They are putting in not a nine to three day. They're probably putting a nine to 11 PM day. It doesn't end at the end of the school day. As far as lesson plans, they're now doing two lesson plans. They're doing one for in class and they're now doing for uh, online or hybrid. So there's two sets of plans that these teachers now have to do. And not only are they instructing the teachers, but they're answering emails they're IT people because someone can't get on their computer. They, they wear many, many hats. I believe that people are now recognizing how much a teacher does uh, in their career to teach your child. It doesn't end in the classroom. It goes on beyond that. And I just feel that they need to have that support and understanding and be um the best they can when dealing with the teachers. They, they, they have so much on their plate right now. So yeah, I see it firsthand with Steph. She's, she's very dedicated like all teachers are. I know there's a lot of teachers out there. Nancy Hopta, uh, Karen Niedermeyer. Uh, come on, help me, help me, help me. Um, Steve Carger. That's the one, Steve. I mean, there's a lot of former teachers, so they know exactly what we're talking about. I just hope that anybody out there who has children or grandchildren that are are attending school at this very challenging, unprecedented time would look and reflect and support the teachers more than ever now. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Chatsi, we're going to close our conversation with a questionnaire from the popular show Inside the Actor's Studio. They are thought-provoking questions, and take your time. Okay. What is your favorite word? Love. What is your least favorite word? Prejudice. What turns you on? Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. (laughs) What turns you off? Prejudice. What sound or noise do you love? Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? A crying baby. What's your favorite curse word? Oh, geez. Really? I could say that? You could say it in Polish. Gówna. Okay. What profession, other than yours, that you enjoyed in the airline industry, would you have liked to have practiced? Physical therapist. What 
profession would you absolutely not like to attempt under any circumstances? An umpire. (laughs) Chatsy, if heaven exists, what would you like God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did pretty good down there, Charlotte. Come on in. Final question. If you had the opportunity to address the current student body at Woodbridge High School, what would you tell them? I would say to continue to stay safe. I'm an advocate, as some people probably know from my Facebook post about getting a COVID vaccine. I'm not saying it because I'm Republican or Democrat or independent, but if we didn't have vaccines for smallpox, we didn't have uh, vaccines for polio, where would we be? So I respect the people who are still debating about it, but I hope that our classmates for 68 going on 69 all successfully get a appointment and get vaccinated. And just one more shout out. I'm going to shout out to Ed Healy that I hope you accept Rich's invitation for the next interview. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know what? Uh, One last word. It's going to be your fault if that interview with Ed goes south. You won't disappoint me. (laughs) Chauncey, thank you for taking the time to sit and talk with me. And I know former classmates are going to appreciate your time and learning a little bit more about one of our favorite girls. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for the opportunity. You take Take care. care. You, You stay well. My very best to your family. Likewise. Thanks, Rich. Thank you. You are mine. You are what you are. Give my gift. Oh.